Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. What is good, everybody? Welcome to the SB Nation NFL show. I am Rob Stats Guerrero from Niners Nation, alongside Kyle Posey, also from Niners Nation, Justice Mosqueda from Mackey Packing Company, and Steven Serta of Arrowhead Pride behind the glass. KP, happy Wednesday. What up, man? Um, how are you, Rob? I know we've had a long week. We're going to have a longer week because there's not a Monday night football game. So we get to uh, rehash Sunday night football, which has been terrible. Uh, still uh, some weeks are longer than others when you're covering a team and a fan of a team this is a long week for 49ers fans I feel like Justice just sits there with Aaron Rodgers as his quarterback ho-hum just no problems just winning another game just sitting sitting there quietly watching me and KP just struggle through it thanks Justice yeah you guys but speaking of Justice speaking of quarterbacks who aren't really pushing the ball down the field. Justice, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing I'm doing great. I looked at the uh the implied odds. The Packers are are the leaders in the NFC even though losing oh, a game, even though they lost a game. We got like four easy games in a row. We're going to we're going to drop no, uh the Giants in London after we drop Brian Hoyer this week. Then we oh. get like the Jets after that. No, I'm excited. I'm excited. How nice for you. We have a big show today. Charles McDonald of Yahoo Sports is going to join us. We're going to do an extra long gauntlet this week because there are so many good games that we have to break them all down. But before we get to any of that, I want to remind you that we are brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That is code SBNFL only at DraftKings Sportsbook. All right, let's get right to it from Yahoo Sports. Charles McDonald. Very happy to be joined by Charles McDonald from Yahoo Sports, from the Exempt List podcast. What's up, Charles? Nothing much. Just uh, started a new job in the past week or so. Began my feet wet, but, you know, there's not really time to sit around and do nothing uh, in the middle of the season. So they got me right to work, but it's been a blast so far. You can check out the new column on Yahoo right now. And I just want to say we're going into week four. Like, have we reached the point where it's okay to say, can you believe it's week four already? Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, I was just thinking to myself, like, wow, it's already Wednesday. We got another <laughs> game tomorrow. Uh, and I, I think football season is one of those things where you're, you're just doing so many things at once all the time that uh, you kind of look up like, holy crap, like we're about to be a month into the season and it feels like it just started. And not only that, but like I think sometimes it can feel like, oh, the sample size has been so small. We don't really know anything about the teams yet, but it shouldn't stop you from getting some takes off. There's only 17 games. The sample size is going to be small regardless. So uh, I, I think we've already learned a good amount about some of these teams, and it's going to be interesting to see uh, what happens the rest of the way here. 
I was literally going to ask you that question. Like, when do you feel like we get to the point where we've seen enough to make judgments that are actually valid? Probably about now, around week three, you know, at least in terms of being able to maybe project or guess what's going to happen the rest of the way. Uh, I I think, you know, I I think week around week three, you can certainly get a feel for like who the playoff teams are going to be by their performance, or at least who's going to be in the mix by the end of the season. Uh, There are definitely some teams who have like questions that can turn around their season, like the Cardinals getting DeAndre Hopkins back at some point, I imagine uh, will be a big boost for them. I I would be stunned if like the Bengals continue to have one of the worst passing offenses in the league for the rest of the season. Uh, But, you know, it's it's difficult because like like we've said, it's only three games. So you're not going off a whole lot of information, but there's not a whole lot of information within any one football season anyways. You mentioned a bunch of stuff and I want to get to all the football, but I I'm sorry. I just I have to start with this. You have one of the best Twitter handles in the world at four verts. And I always like to do, you know, a quick little scan of of people's tweets and see what's up. And, And I saw this yesterday. It's a poll from you. And it says having an argument is having diarrhea once a month or every once in a while a nice treat i have so many questions first what the hell okay i'm first of all i need to make my my stance clear i am of the opinion that having diarrhea at any point at any time is absolutely miserable <laughs> experience but we were in a, it this it's funny because this is like one of my group chats where if i have a football question like i'm going to hear first like these are some of the people that i think are like brilliant minds very very smart but someone said that uh you know if you have diarrhea once a month it can be a nice treat and i said (laughs) what are you talking about it's diarrhea like it's never a nice treat to have to call out of whatever you're going to do for the day because oh i'm sitting on the toilet uh so no I, i look and and honestly I lost because I'm the one that put the poll out there. Um, I've lost more <laughs> followers than the person I was arguing with. So I said, well, I have bigger people to vote in the poll. And, you know, they were like, well, if if it gets to 30% yes, then I win. Uh, which I don't know how that became the parameters for uh, people agreeing with you. But luckily, uh, it fell. I think it got to like 28% said yes, which is still an alarmingly high number. My buddy Mike Golick Jr. added himself as someone who likes diarrhea. It's a nice treat, but you know, I'll I'll give I'll give Mike somewhat of a pass on that because he was a former NFL offensive lineman. But still, I don't think that we should be normalizing the idea that having diarrhea is a cool thing to have. A nice treat for who? I don't know. I, some people were saying, "Oh yeah, like you feel really empty and light after it," but. You could just eat better and feel <laughs> and, and not have to feel that agonizing pain. <laughs> All right. I, I know I totally derailed us, but I couldn't not ask. Like I just kept going back to it. Yeah, I, a lot of people have asked me about that in the past 24 hours. And honestly, I, I deserve that. And someone even called me, you know, for now on my name's gonna be the poo-poo man, which I have to <laughs> I have to live with that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it was 71.8% no for anyone wondering, which was 28.2% yes. I don't know who those 28% are, but okay. Uh, speaking of poo-pooing things, are you buying into the Miami Dolphins yet or are you poo-pooing? Uh, I, I definitely buy into the Dolphins as a team. Um, I, 
I don't know if like we know we've seen if I don't know if we know enough about Tua yet where um you're like, okay, well, we're gonna give him a five-year contract that's at at par with what he'll be asking for uh if he keeps up this level of production. Uh but the Dolphins as a team, I, I think they're undeniably good at this point. Um the passing offense, you know, it, when you have two guys like that, Tyreek and Waddle. You can you are literally a threat to go the distance every single time that you step out there uh, on offense, which can be a lot. And I, I think that, you know, even seeing two, I think he's averaging between nine and 10 yards per attempt over the last two weeks, which is unbelievable rate to to even fathom. Uh, like if you really study this stuff, you mean the, the 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 efficiency at which they're throwing the ball is pretty crazy right now. And they're just racking up big play after big play after big play. And I think, you know, you, you get so excited about Waddle and Tyreek. And really how Tua's kind of hit the ground running in this offense that uh, there's a whole other side of the ball that is playing <laughs> really good football right now, minus, you know, Lamar Jackson going video game <laughs> in the first three quarters of uh, their week two game against the Ravens. But, hey, like, if you tell me that Josh Allen and the, that Buffalo Bills offense is going to drop back, you know, well, I think they set a record for dropbacks or for uh, – like either I don't know if it was like Ben Baldwin stats or next gen stats, but it was some kind of record where they had they dropped back like seventy three times uh, <laughs> between attempts, sacks, and scrambles for uh, for Josh Allen. If you're gonna tell me that you can get seventy three Josh Allen dropbacks and hold them to less than twenty points, I would guess that that's a, a sign of a pretty good defense because if you're gonna withhold that many plays that they're running, you know, I think they ended up running about ninety plays in that game and just to stifle them uh, just enough where you can get the dub and even with, withstand a butt punt uh, <laughs> at the end of the game. I, I think that this is, you know, not just a good offense, but probably a team we need to be talking about as a pretty well-rounded team. Uh, I thought that Sunday's game was pretty impressive for them. I think that the defenses look pretty good outside of, like I said, Lamar Jackson just going off, which he's done on, on everyone so far this year. Uh, so yeah, th- this is definitely a team that we should be buying. And um I still think that the Bills are a better team than them uh, moving forward, but uh, like the 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 late season Dolphins Bills matchup, like that's going to be a huge huge game if the teams you know continue to play at these levels. Are you buying their explanation for what happened with Tua? Because I gotta say, like it, no, no, it's brutal. No, no. Okay, so I, I even tweeted out when. Uh, when you know, I think Ian Rappaport tweeted that it was a back injury. I mm-hmm. tweeted out like that gif of, or the gif of Homer Simpson where he's laying down, smoking a cigar, and says, "Everybody's stupid except for me." <laughs> and then, literally, like three hours later, the NFLPA was like, "No, no, 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 we got to investigate what happened." Because look, I'm someone who has—I have a really bad back from playing football. I have uh, two herniated discs in my lower back. I've never had back pain that made me like forget where I was, you know, (laughs) (laughs) or I've never been like, or when I played football, I've never like been slammed in the head and be like, Oh, that was actually my back. That my back. (laughs) I'm a, I I'm, you know, tripping over my feet trying to get back to the huddle and don't seem to have my whereabouts on, on where I actually am. It, 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 it was, you, you might have been able to get away with the back injury part if we didn't have video of Tua getting up and looking so woozy and almost falling over uh, and not like and usually like when you hurt your back, you're clutching at your back. Right. You're not even really trying to get up. But when you when you when you when you suffer a head injury like that, 
or a perceived head injury like that, I should say, I, you, you almost like try to get up and be like, okay, how, how bad, how bad is the damage to my brain right now? Like, can I walk? Can I move? I think that's what Tua was trying to do. It didn't look great. And then just to throw the back injury that, that, that just seems a little callous, a little crazy. And we're not dumb and the NFLPA should be investigating that because, you know, just with all the stuff that we've seen with concussions over the years, that's not something you want to play around with. Um, and I, I feel like it'll be better for you in the long run just to have two a sit for a half and then <laughs> reevaluate after the game. Like that's what the whole concussion protocol is for. But at, at this point, it seems unclear if they even went through it. No, he's not even in the concussion protocol right now, which is right, which is wild. Uh, the other part of that game, which is living forever, of course, is the Ken Dorsey temper tantrum. I just want to know who was the coach in the booth that put the hand over the camera. That's some next level awareness right there. Yeah. I also want to know, like, so I, I know from when I was covering games at, at MetLife stadium, there's, there's cable TVs like all throughout the space. Right. So at any point you can look up and see the broadcast of the game that you're watching <laughs> right there. So I want to know if this coach, and, and, and I will say like for the good broadcast, for what's going on the field to the screen, there's literally only like a 10 second delay, like 10, 15 seconds at most if you're watching on cable. Um, so I, I, I was wondering, did this coach like look up to the broadcast yes. and see Ken Dorsey? Oh, wait, this is happening. This is happening right next to me. And then put his <laughs> hand over the, the, the camera. Look, that's a good friend right there because I would like to know how long that smashing thing went on because it, it didn't look like he was slowing down he was gaining, no. gaining steam on how angry he was and i understand how angry he was and look i i, I think there there are some people who were like oh you know you should never act like that in the workplace i don't football is not the normal workplace man like it's not it's that that's one of the few one of the few arenas in life where you can have a temper tantrum like that and everyone goes home like eh, just another sunday We'll we'll be back tomorrow, and we're gonna pretend like nothing ever happened because we've got bigger things to accomplish here. Uh, it was it was absolutely hysterical. Uh, <laughs> that that poor iPad took a beating uh, at the end of that game. And look, I get it because you, you had a chance to maybe kick a game winning field goal. I think Isaiah McKenzie got a little stuck in what he was gonna do. Yeah, Stefan Diggs was actually he was on Lewitard show. Uh, yesterday and he kind of broke down that last play and he was basically like you know Isaiah he was trying to go out of bounds and then realized he wasn't going to be able to make it there so tried to get a, just a little bit closer of field and then you know I, I I think with the way that the the Dolphins kind of played the sideline at that last play it was gonna be really really difficult to get a last playoff regardless so I don't know if there's so much blame that should go to Isaiah McKenzie but at least that play gave us the moment that we all have been laughing at for the last three days, which is Ken Dorsey going Hulk smash on everything. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like tablets are targets now. Like that's going to be the target for any player that's, that's pissed off. They're just, it's right there. It's small. You can throw it. You can smash it. Like those things are going to be in trouble for the rest of the year. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I look, I get why the NFL is saying, Hey, stop smashing these. But at the same <laughs> time, like if, if I, if I own an NFL team and, you know, one of my coaches who I think is really good and Ken Dorsey has been like objectively good to start this season. Um, if, if like, if one of my top coaches just smashes an iPad, I'll, 
but here's another one. I, got, I don't really care because at that point, you have so much money, it, it doesn't really even matter. Yeah, we don't need to be holding bake sales uh, for NFL owners. Right. One of the big topics on the show today is just going to be a simple question, but I think it's a tough one to answer, which is what is the game of the week this week? Because there are some damn good ones. You've got Jacksonville going to Philly, which Jacksonville looks very improved this year. Plus, you got the whole Doug Peterson thing. Buffalo and Baltimore, Kansas City and Tampa Bay, Brady and Mahomes. I even think the Monday night game between the Rams and the Niners has some intrigue. What do you think is the game of the week? Oh, mine is definitely Jacksonville versus Philadelphia. I uh, just because I, I think you can make a, a I think you can make a strong case that Jacksonville should be three and zero. Like if they had just literally just handled business at the end of that game in Week One against the Commanders, uh, they would be sitting three and zero. But they they just look like a good team, and it's crazy what can happen when you know someone that basically we we all thought was a generational quarterback prospect and Trevor Lawrence gets uh gets an adult in the building with Doug Peterson. <laughs> yeah, I I think that the the way that Doug Peterson's time in Philadelphia was so messy that it kind of made us forget that he's one of the better coaches in the NFL. Um and you're seeing that so far this year. I mean, the level of cohesion on offense is night and day compared to where they were last year. Trevor Lawrence looks a lot more comfortable. He's letting his talent shine. And I think that even on the flip side with the Eagles, you're starting to see the same thing with them too. Like this is a team that's really playing well uh, within their identity. And then I I think the the cool little rivalry aspect of Doug Peterson and how that whole thing ended with him, Carson Wentz and Howie Roseman. And uh, the fact that the Eagles and Doug Peterson have both landed on their feet um, coming into this game. It's, uh, it's definitely setting, setting up for, Big time showdown between, you know, two as, as far as three weeks, sit, two of the best teams in the NFL. Because uh, I, I think if you're not going to say that about the Jaguars just because of the Jaguars, that would be that'd be incorrect. I mean, I know that the Chargers were definitely banged up last week when they played them in L.A., but going on the road with a young quarterback and winning 38 to 10, I mean, you you, you got to respect that. Speaking of the Chargers, I feel like. They're in a weird spot. Like, I feel like the almost the honeymoon is sort of ending for people because we were all like, oh, my God, Justin Herbert is so good. Look at this throw. Look at that throw. They've got Brandon Staley. He's going for it on fourth down. We love that. And like, yeah, that's all cool. But at some point, you got to win games. And I know Herbert was banged up, but like they for as much hype as we give them, they haven't really won as much as you would think based on everything we say about them. Yeah, and honestly, I'm 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 starting to doubt that they will this year because the injuries are just piling up. Like, it, it, it's not just like you know we're suffering injuries here or there. Herbert's hurt, Rashawn Slater's hurt, Keenan Allen's hurt, Joey Bosa's hurt. Like these yep. are these are your the the core of your stars that are either playing in games hurt or you know in Slater's case going to miss the entire season now uh, with the torn bicep. And I think you know one of the worry for the Chargers is. Uh, my, my really good friend, Nate Tice for the athletic football show uh, before the season, he called the chargers, you know, a stars and scrubs kind of team. And I, I don't, I, I think that <laughs> the, the shift that you're going to see in left tackle play for them is probably one of the most stark things in the league because Rashawn Slater, probably one of the best 10, seven to eight left tackles in the league right now. Storm Norton is, you know, some, probably someone on most teams, will be on the practice squad. So that is uh, it's going to be a big drop-off for them. And I, I think that 
one of the danger areas with this Chargers team in general was just being like, hey, if guys start dropping, they don't really have the depth to kind of back this up. And now that's going to be put to the test in week four. Uh, and just in general, man, like some of these teams are so banged up. Buffalo, uh, Baltimore, it, it, it really puts a damper on the season when you remember you can't turn injuries off like you can on Madden. <laughs> that's one of the best features of the whole damn thing. Two yep. more questions for you before I let you go. One, I feel like people are getting a little nuts with this Cooper Rush thing in Dallas. Like the best thing to be is a backup quarterback where you come in and win a couple games. And all of a sudden, somebody somewhere will write the article is blank better than blank. And I feel like it's happening with Cooper Rush and Dak Prescott. Yeah. I mean, credit to Cooper Rush. He's, he's kept the ship, ship afloat for two two games. That's exactly what you want your backup quarterback to be. Like, I feel like the story of this is <laughs> Cooper Rush looks a lot better than he did the first time that this happened and he had to go in and play games. Like, you've done a good job of developing a quality backup quarterback, and that's it. That's all it has to be. Right. <laughs> that's, that's all it has to be. Look, we, we've seen Dak Prescott, like, literally put this offense on his shoulders at times and, you know, play Pro Bowl cover football, get you to the playoffs. I I don't think Cooper Rush has that in him. Maybe I'm wrong. But regardless, it's, it, it's not even, like, financially worth finding out because, uh, you know, you can't even – and it feels so silly to even have this conversation. But, like, I looked it up on on Spelltrack or Spotrack, however you pronounce it. Uh, you can't even get rid of Dak Prescott for, like, three more seasons, even if you wanted to. So I don't even understand why we're – having this conversation is just like, oh, that's shiny. That's different. And we won the game. But you beat the Giants and right. Michael, Michael Parsons carried you to a win over the Bengals. So I don't really I don't really know. Yeah, I don't. Of course, there's Jerry Jones fanning the flames the whole time. Every time he goes on the radio, he's well, wouldn't it be great if we like, dude, give just it a stop, rest. stop, Jerry. <laughs> yeah, he's he's just the worst. Uh, last question. Aaron Rodgers against the Buccaneers. Did he or did he not get some mysterious information off the Jumbotron that helped him give information to his coach that helped the Packers beat the Bucks last week? Um, maybe. Maybe they did. But hey, Tom Brady, you've been doing this for 20 years, 20 plus years. Hide your stuff better. <laughs> you come from a team that knows all about looking at the other team's stuff. I don't there feel bad you go. Brady in this scenario. What? But, like, if you're Rodgers, why say anything? You may have to go to Tampa in the playoffs. Like, shut your mouth, dude. Maybe they could help you out later in the year. Uh, I don't know. It's just, you know, you feel the adrenaline rush of winning the game. You're like, hey, I was a little bit too honest maybe there. But, yeah, you know, Aaron Rodgers. the way that uh, Tampa Bay's playing, might not have to worry about that right now because that <laughs> well, offense is, is really, really bad right now. And they got Kansas City this week, too. They're going to need some offense because Mahomes looks unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Well, Charles, we thank you so much for the time. Again, you can see his stuff at Yahoo or the Exemplist podcast. He's on Twitter at 4Verts. Best Twitter handle on the planet. Thank you very much for the time. Thank you. Thanks to Charles one more time. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, the extra long gauntlet is here. We've got some great matchups this week. I cannot wait to break it all down. As they win the gridiron gauntlet. Okay, Smarty, what's a gauntlet? 
truly don't even know what a gauntlet is. The gauntlet has been laid. Back here on the SB Nation NFL show. All right, it is time for our gauntlet. Five games enter. Only one game will leave. Uh, and we got a lot of good candidates for game of the week. So let's get right to it. Justice, I'll start with you. Game of the week. Dolphins Bengals on Thursday night football or Jags Eagles. Ooh. I'll definitely be watching Dolphins Bengals just because it seems like a spot where the Bengals probably should be able to pull up the upset here. Like I know two is all banged up, all that stuff. Who knows if he even plays? Um, it's Mike McDaniel and his first short week coaching at the NFL against a Bengals team that desperately needs a win right now and desperately needs to get their, you know, offense right. Um, Miami's defense hasn't been playing really great during this stretch. I don't know if people necessarily have paid attention to that. I know they're undefeated, but that defense isn't looking great to me. But it has to be Jags-Eagles. I mean, the Jaguars are off to probably the hottest start you could imagine the Jaguars starting <laughs> off to in, in my lifetime. And the Philadelphia Eagles, I think – you know, we were talking uh, ahead of this. You know, Lamar's probably MVP favorite right now, but the only guy really in the conversation outside of Lamar to me, if I were voting today, and I know how silly that sounds, you know, three weeks into the season voting for an MVP would probably be Jalen Hurts. And part of that is, you know, AJ, you know, looking great. But then also that Eagles offensive line is the best offensive line in the league, pretty clearly. And then that defensive front, when they're not playing against, Detroit's great offensive line has been looking great. So I'm excited to see kind of just like good on good there. Um, Jaguars pass rushers have been doing really well. Josh Allen a week two just completely took over the game. It's going to be fun watching him and, you know, Trayvon Walker, the former first overall pick, um, just kind of going head to head against those tackles. So we have Miami, who is fresh off playing in a 150 degree weather game. It, it seemed like. And the Bengals, I think they're just in a good spot to win that game. I I mean, it's a short week, and we know Thursday night games can just be sometimes unwatchable. I don't think – and I know that there are plenty of good players in this one. You know, you have T. Higgins, Jamar Chase. Uh, you have Jalen Waddell, Tyreek Hill. And Mike McDaniel, like he he is probably everything that everybody wanted him to be so far through, through three games, so he does deserve credit for that. But, man, I'm, I'm kind of fascinated to see – how Trevor Lawrence looks against the Eagles. And it's a bit of a step up in competition on the other side of the ball. You have the Eagles and Jalen hurts is playing ball right now. Like he looks legit. It helps to have guys on the outside, like AJ Brown and Devonta Smith um, for whatever reason. I think people kind of forgot that Devonta Smith was a Heisman winner and he's playing like it. Uh, you remember pre-draft when everybody was talking about he, he's 170 pounds, he's not going to hold up. He's yeah. mossing dudes. And, uh, he just, he looks so good, man, and everybody knows how good AJ Brown is. So I think that's going to be a, an easy game to to watch for everybody to clue in. I mean, people were a little bit, you know, we we saw Trevor Lawrence last year, and his numbers did not look good. But so far this year, he looks legit. And I told you guys before the game, James, or before we started here, James Robinson is everything that the Chiefs hoped CH would be. So they have a lot of good players. And I, I just think that game's going to be really entertaining to watch on both sides of the ball. I saw this nugget uh, looking on Big Cat Country, our Jags community here for SB Nation. 
Jacksonville has outscored opponents 84 to 38 so far this season. Usually that is a stat that they are on the other side of by the time week four rolls around. They're not just beating people. They are rolling people. And I do think the Thursday night game is a good one. It's a decent quarterback matchup, assuming the Tua is close to 100%. But I'm all in on Philly Jacksonville, man. Let's see it. And it's kind of sad from Philly's perspective because I feel like if they win, people be like, all right. Yeah, you beat the Jaguars like when really they should get more credit for that. But if the, if the Jags win, people are going to lose their minds, right? People are going to be like, Jacksonville's going to win a division. Doug Peterson. You guys didn't even mention the whole Doug Peterson going back to Philadelphia aspect of this game. You can't tell me he doesn't want to just grind them into dust, right? There's got to be a little revenge factor there. A hundred percent. Has to be. He's a, he's a human. There has to be. <laughs> that factor has to play in. Um, I... I do agree that there's definitely going to be a bigger reaction if Jacksonville does win. Cause I think, you know, if they lose people will say like, they haven't really played anyone who's good and fully healthy and beaten them. Right. And I know they just came off a win against the chargers. Jags fans are very excited about that. But on the other side of the coin, the Chargers were banged up pretty badly. Right. So I don't know how much credit the national media is really dishing out to them for that win. So. Do you remember how the Colts were the week prior? Like they played the Colts without Michael Pittman and Alec Pierce too. And again, not to poo-poo on what the Jags are doing. You, you can only beat the team that you are playing, but uh, not playing a team with their two best receivers does make a difference. It's a litmus test. I mean, as, as long as Jacksonville can keep it within one score against Philadelphia, I think people will walk away and be like, that's a respectable football team. That is and a respectable football team is in contention for winning the AFC South this year. Right. <laughs> But the other thing, too, is like the their opponents might have been banged up, but they're not just winning these games. They're they're yeah. rolling. They crushed San up uh, San Diego. They crushed the Chargers. They shut out the Colts like so. You know, that's what you should. If you're a good team and you're playing a bad team or a team that's beat up, that's what you should do. And credit to them so far. They have done it. All right. So Jags Eagles advances. KP, I'll go to you. Game of the week. Jags Eagles or Bills Ravens. Yeah, I think uh, Justice alluded to this too. You you do have to give the Jags defense credit. Like they have a bunch of athletes on that side of the ball now. And that's kind of different to see. Uh, they have speed and that is showing up on that side of the ball. Uh, so we have on the other side, Bills, Baltimore, Lamar, Josh Allen, two of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, uh, two teams who I think we were both or we were all high on coming into the season. Obviously, Baltimore, they've disappointed on one side of the ball. I would say that they've surpassed expectations on offense, though. What Lamar is doing is not being talked about enough. You know, he has this certain reputation, um, but he is one of the best pocket passers in the NFL to me, man. He does everything right. There are times where teams blitz him, and it is a death wish. Eventually, I first of all, I think that how he's playing against the blitz this year is sustainable because he is seeing the field. Uh, we're going to get into a conversation where you can't blitz him like teams can't blitz Mahomes. So uh, I want to see this game more so just because of, I know the quarterback player we talked about, but th these are two teams that we expect to make the playoffs and not just make the playoffs, but probably be playing deep into the playoffs. So um, I'm going to go Baltimore and the bills just because I want to see how the scoring goes back and forth. Uh, both these teams feel like they're a little one-sided. Will the bills be able to do anything on the ground or will Josh Allen have to drop back a hundred times again? Yeah, I, I think I agree with you. I mean, this is a pretty good slate of games this week. I, this feels like the best slate of games that we've had 
so far this season. Um, I'm probably watching Buffalo Baltimore over Jags Eagles if I had to make that decision. Not only because of it being two really good quarterbacks going against each other, but the fact that neither of them have their secondary figured out right now, right? Buffalo because of injury, Baltimore just like is not playing well, right? We saw that we saw that in the Miami game. Um, but both teams are also two and one, which puts them in a really weird situation when you're looking at all of the talent in the AFC, right? You're you're saying like, you know, three losses probably is what the 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 cutoff is for the one seed and you know, getting the bye in the first round and hosting everyone in your home stadium in the playoffs, one of these teams is going to drop to two and two immediately, right? And think of it from Buffalo's perspective. You go two and two, if Miami's undefeated, oh crap. Now we're in a real race for the AFC East, right? Um, all those teams in the in the AFC North uh, are willing to compete with Baltimore too, right? So this not only could be, you know, deciding like who ends up winning divisions, but like, tiebreakers when it comes down to seeding in the AFC yep. race and all that stuff. So I'm really interested in this game and both teams are, are coming off games where it's like, dude, we have to figure out what's going on in their secondary. And we're about to go against a nuclear bomb, you know? <laughs> so it's going to be interesting to watch for sure. The does weird Buffalo thing me- have, does Buffalo have the biggest home field advantage in the AFC? I think it's pretty close. I mean, those boys are rowdy. When you see people jumping off of RVs through tables, <laughs> I mean, Pretty hard That's to compete, thing. spraying mustard on each other and stuff. Like, I think these it's, guys are never Arrowhead, right? Yeah, that's the other one be. I was thinking. But Arrowhead is, it's like, it's loud. You're right. Buffalo's different. Like, the people there are different. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's, that's it's, the best it's, way to put it. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't want to sound like a jerk, but it, you're right. They're spraying themselves with mustard there. That's, that's, they're throwing the onto the field. There the boys go. are rowdy. Yeah, that too. The weird thing with the Bills last week, I don't know that I've ever seen it. Usually when you look, one of the things I always check as a Niner fan is the, like the play discrepancy. Okay, the other offense ran 20 more plays than our defense. Oh, our defense got tired at the end of the game. The Bills ran 90 plays on offense, and the offense was the one that got tired. It was like they tired themselves out in Miami. I've never seen that before. I would. I don't have the rushing attempts in front of me, but I would imagine, I, I think – it was more like three to one, four to one pass run. Um, is that going to be sustainable? Is that just who they are this season? Is that how they're going to operate? Hey, we know who our best player is. We're going to put the ball in his hands every single play because we trust him to get us into the right spots, which most of the time he does. Like he will, uh, as we talked about before, there's going to be some head scratching plays where Josh Allen, you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I thought we were over that. But then again, like he makes so many plays that are like, wow, man, uh, that's why we do put the ball in your hands. So I, I am fascinated to see if they are going to continue to allow Josh Allen to essentially just play seven on seven all year. Well, I think at one point during the game last week, all five of the of the backups were in on the offensive line for them. Like they were so banged up. And wow. I think he ended up setting the record for dropbacks. I don't think it ended up being pass attempts, but he set the record for dropbacks in a single game, which like if you watch that game, Josh Allen was playing pretty well, right? And he's throwing the ball that many times, and you're like, how the heck did Miami come out and and win that thing? Yeah. You know, it left me scratching my head a little bit. 73 I mean, dropbacks. That's why I, that's why I want to see this game because it's like Okay, both of you have, you know, had a tough pill to swallow against the Miami Dolphins recently. 
And now it's like put up or shut up time. I mean, I know it sounds dumb in week four of saying like you can't take a second loss, but like if you have Super Bowl aspirations, like this could decide if you're playing road games in the playoffs. That's a pretty big deal. Yeah, I don't think that people realize going from the change the way they changed it with the one seed now where you're you know, you're the only one that gets the buy, like that matters. That is a big deal, yeah. especially I don't know off the top of my head. I'm gonna try and and check this out real quick. When is the Bills buy this year? Buffalo's buy is week seven. Like that's okay, but like that's a lot of consecutive weeks that you got to play football. Having that week off, like I'm convinced if the 49ers didn't get the one seed in 2019, they do not make the Super Bowl because they had like a week four buy that year. They needed that week off. And so if you want the number one seed in the AFC, that's a good point. Like you can only have three or maybe four losses. Probably you would think. So one of these teams maybe, is going to be. Maybe, but you can't even count on that, right? Right. One of these teams is going to be two and two. It's going to be a fascinating game to watch. Okay. Buffalo and Baltimore or KP, Kansas City and Tampa Bay, which could end up getting played in Minnesota because of the storm in Florida. Yeah, I think I still go Baltimore and Buffalo. I think this is a tough spot for Tampa Bay. I think Kansas City is going to bounce back. We talked about it before we got on the air. Kansas City couldn't have played worse, man. They had like five different special teams blunders. Um, we talked about the punt return with Sky Moore. They went for it on fourth and 10. They tried to kick a fake field goal. They missed a, a short <laughs> field goal. Um, a lot of those, a lot of the issues that the Chiefs had last week, I don't think that they're going to show up this week against Tampa Bay, who, like, I gave justice crap for Aaron Rodgers not pushing the ball down the field. Tom Brady didn't exactly do that either. Uh, knowing that Spags is the defensive coordinator, he is going to come after them early and often. I just think Kansas City, I don't, I'm not gonna say they're gonna run away with it, but I, I think they're gonna be able to pretty much control the game. So I, I like Patrick Mahomes to bounce back. And I, again, there are so many different angles in the Baltimore Buffalo game that I'm, I'm still leaning that way. Ooh, I hate to agree with KP so much. <laughs> I almost just want to go against him, uh, just to go against him. I mean, really simple as that. I, I still think I'd take Buffalo Baltimore because it's an AFC AFC game because it's going to be in Baltimore for sure. The game being moved out from Tampa, you know, the potential of that I think is important and something worth, worth looking at. Um, this being an AFC NFC game, I think plays a factor too. It's going to be interesting to see how either of these teams bounce back, right? Cause Kansas city didn't have their best game. They're about to go against a crazy blitz front. Tampa Bay didn't have a great game. They're about to go against a crazy blitz front. And Tampa had opportunities against Green Bay. I mean, their wide receivers fumbled two different balls, right? If they don't fumble, maybe that looks a little different. I know they got kind of, I guess you say, lucky um, by forcing the uh, fumble at the one-yard line with Aaron Jones. And, you know, maybe that gets Green Bay to 21-3 to or whatever it would have been. And then who knows what happens from there if Tampa's off of their script. But Tampa had opportunities, too. I don't think Green Bay necessarily completely outplayed Tampa in that win. So these are both good ball teams. I think I think Kansas City Tampa would be my second game that we've talked about. I think I would take them over Jags Eagles in terms of watchability, but I'm taking Buffalo Baltimore just because of all of the angles and it deciding tiebreakers and all that stuff. And looking at the rest of the division for both um, the FC West and the NFC South seems like the other teams are kind of fading away, banged up, whatever. So this game probably doesn't mean as much for either team. And that's why another reason, you know, to go Baltimore, um, Buffalo. Are what we... team is fading away? The uh, 0-3 Raiders? Devontae Adams <laughs> hasn't won a game yet? Very interesting. 
Uh, oh, fun. Josh Packers McDaniels not working out, to, huh? Happen to bring that up. Players only meeting already for Vegas. That's not a good sign. Um, are we sure that Tampa Bay is like really going to be as good on offense as maybe we thought going into the year? They scored 19 points against the Cowboys to open the year. They scored 20 against the Saints, and they lost last week and scored 12 against the Packers. I know Mike Evans wasn't out there, whatever. This is still a team quarterback by Tom Brady. Like, are they as good offensively as we think, or are we seeing signs here that maybe it might not be like it was? So the way I see it, they are so banged up. Even just getting, like, Donovan Smith back at left tackle. Robert... Robert Hainsey is starting at center because of, uh, you know, they had the injury early on in the in the summer to replace him. And then at left guard, they have Luke Godecki, a rookie who's not been playing very well. At left tackle, they had their third string left tackle, Brandon Walton, end up starting that game against the Green Bay Packers where he's having to block Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary. Sometimes they were putting Kenny Clark over him, right? Um, Tampa doesn't really have tight ends that can help in like chip protection and stuff like that. And then it's not just, they were out Mike Evans. They were out Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Julio right. Jones. Like, I think, I think that plays a factor because that defense is everything we assumed it would be. Right. But offensively, they're just not necessarily there. And green Bay, I thought kind of took an interesting approach. I mean, they were just playing soft coverages on Brady the entire time. And we're like, yeah, just complete 12 balls to move the ball down the field. And he was doing it until his wide receivers were fumbling. So the defense kind of lucked out in that in that aspect. So I don't know. I, I'm I'm not willing to write off Tampa Bay's offense yet, but this iteration of of their offense, where they have a third string left tackle, a backup center, and none of their top three wide receivers, certainly hurts the team. I don't think it matters. I honestly think they are so good on the other side of the ball that they can kind of get away with being banged up right now. And yeah, it, there, it was a struggle against the Packers. Packers are a good defense. Packers were able to face Tampa Bay without its best three receivers. So um, I think we can, we can kind of judge them closer to November when they do get healthy uh, on defense, Tampa Bay, they are like from an EPA standpoint, they are far and away uh, the best team in the NFL. So they're Trust the most talented balls. defense. They're yeah, the most talented yeah, they, defense right now. You, there aren't many holes that you can attack them. And uh, when oh. you can't run the ball, I know people hate hearing this, but when you cannot run the ball on somebody, it makes life so freaking difficult because you, you're just one-dimensional and they can take away what you do well. So and knowing how Todd Bowles coaches, knowing that side of the ball is so good, I'm not too worried about the offense. And if they have to win games by scoring 17, 20 points, that'll be fine. They'll be able to get away with that because they're not giving up anything on the other side of the ball. I want to bring in Steven Serto of Arrowhead Pride. Steven, you dropped in a nice little note here that says Tom Brady leads the head-to-head matchup with Patrick Mahomes three games to two. I know that matters to Tom Brady, whether he admits it or not. Do you think it matters to Patrick Mahomes? It should matter to Patrick Mahomes because two of those Tom Brady wins came in an AFC championship game and a Super Bowl. So it should matter to Patrick Mahomes. Um, I I do think the Chiefs probably can win this football game. Tampa's defense is so good. Uh, But I just – the question marks about the offensive line, like I think we're seeing that take its toll on Brady and – you know, maybe he'll break another iPad or or what or tablet or whatever this weekend. But it's I just think the Chiefs have more firepower right now. And the Chiefs offensive line hasn't been great, but it's better than what Tampa's rolling with at the moment. Saw some comments about that Chiefs offensive line from Tampa Bay. They seem pretty confident they're gonna have similar success like they did in that Super Bowl. 
They better worry about uh, keeping Tom Brady upright. <laughs> Thank you very much, Stephen. All right, so that brings us to our last matchup here. We're going to stick with we're sticking with Buffalo and Baltimore, and the last matchup I have on the gauntlet is Buffalo or Baltimore or Rams 49ers on Monday night. KP, I think I know which way you're going on this one. Uh, would I rather watch two of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, or would I rather watch a game that's probably going to end 11 to 10 again? Hmm. Tough question. <laughs> so. The familiarity between Shanahan and McVay make this an easy answer. So I would stick with the AFC matchup. Like we, every Rams 49ers game feels like it's the same, right? Like uh, one team gets out to a lead because they know what the other team is doing. The other team might have a counter, a wrinkle or two. It gets close, but these games are boring to watch. And I know nobody wants to hear that, but uh, most of these times, like Shanahan's going to run the ball 59 times. Like we know that that is going to be the case. And it's probably going to be all to Debo. The Rams it seems like they're going to do everything they can to, you know, protect Matthew Stafford. And what does that mean? Probably getting the ball out of his hands very quickly. I don't think this is going to be an enjoyable game. I think it's going to be lower scoring. I think it's going to be another snoozer. I don't feel that way at all. That's usually never the case when Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen are on the field. So who knows how healthy the Bills will be? Who knows if we will get multiple coverage busts from the Ravens? which it seems like they make it a priority to do that just because they <laughs> want to make life as hard on Lamar Jackson as possible. So I'm going to stick there. I just love what I'm seeing from Lamar. Um, we haven't really talked about Rashad Bateman. He has been so good for them. Um, I, I wish that they would even get him even more involved, but um, still sticking with the AFC matchup. Do we think Stafford's healthy? No. no. How do we feel about Stafford? Week one, it was doom and gloom. Week two, I felt like people assumed there was a bounce back. I haven't. I didn't watch them in week three. How are you guys feeling? So at week three, I, I caught a little bit of the game. They got out to a bigger lead, but they couldn't really score in the second half, and that was the case against the Falcons too. So I think that kind of tells you, right? McVay builds a lead, and then he's kind of sitting on the ball, hoping to get out of there with a win. So I don't think he's healthy at all. It doesn't seem like anybody in the NFC West wants to win that division. And yeah, the, another reason why I just think that this is not going to be a very watchable game. I just can't help but, especially when you put these games side by side. I used to work for a guy named Eric Casilius, and he always used to make this analogy, and I think it's a good one. It's like those bodybuilding competitions. When you see everybody come out individually, you're like, mm, I don't know who the, you know, I don't know who's going to win this thing. But then when you see everybody on the stage at the same time, you're instantly like, oh, that. Number three, right there. Clearly, he's the best one. When you look at games with quarterbacks like Josh Allen, Lamar, Patrick Mahomes, and then you go to a game with quarterbacks like Jimmy Garoppolo and Matt Stafford, you're like, <laughs> no, like, no, just no. For any 49ers fan that thought that when Trey Lance went down, like, oh, we could still win the Super Bowl, which, no, you can't. You can't. Like, just look, they're, they're playing the position on a whole other level. That Ravens Bills game is going to be played at a whole other level. The Niners Rams. And it's just, it's not even close. Do we assume is the NFC West, whoever ends up winning, which is, I mean, could come down to the winner of this game. Are we assuming they're just going to be the four seed in the NFC? Mm, that's, a good I mean, one. you look at, look at the Eagles, the Eagles are the Packers slash Vikings, uh, whichever way you want to, you want to look at it that way. And then probably Tampa is the yeah. winner in the NFC West going to get to 10. You tell me. Cause Oof. yeah, I mean, I was looking at I, I was looking at you know after the Stafford injury and I was like, man, I don't know if Trey's gonna do it in his first year. Looking around, I ended up taking the odds like an idiot on uh, Arizona actually winning the West. 
after week one. Arizona looks terrible. <laughs> they look terrible. Hey, no credit, one has developed there ever. Cre- credit to the Cardinals for breaking the narrative that they're good early in the season and terrible late. I think we've established <laughs> now they're just terrible. They, they yeah, heading, dude, heading, heading into this week. hasn't even dropped yet. Kyler's going to be screwed <laughs> by the end of the season. And like they haven't you know developed a single it. one of those guys. Kime just got an extension. They Kime all got, got extension. an extension. This is crazy. This team shouldn't be this bad. I mean, I know – so Kime's drafting a bunch of athletes, right, which – like, I liked Isaiah Simmons too. So, like, I'm not going to give him too much guff for drafting all these guys. But they haven't developed a single one of those guys on the defensive side. They keep drafting athletes, and it's like the only – I mean, has one hit since Buda Baker? I don't think so. Heading into this week, Arizona had the worst EPA per play on both sides of the ball when you <laughs> remove garbage time. So essentially, if you take out Kyler's magic toward the end of the game, they were pitiful, like commander's bad. And I know that they played some good teams, and, and you do have to credit them there, but I don't know how it's going to get better uh, moving forward, man. Uh, you might as well just burn that Cardinals ticket. Dude, they ran that. speed option three different times in that game last week. <laughs> I know because I had money on it. <laughs> it's so it's so painful to watch that. I Why can't believe you they got that? extensions. Yeah, come on. I can't Justin. believe they got extensions. Look, I make terrible decisions all the time. <laughs> I have lost money three straight weeks on betting the NFL. I thought last week I'm like, I, I put Bill's money line with like everything. I was like, oh, I can't believe. I can't believe go they're gonna let us. They're gonna let us bet against peak uh, Miami Dolphins hype, and now it's even further through the roof. So. I'm a bozo. I, I always judge teams' decisions by how do the other teams in the division feel about this? And when I found out the Cardinals were doubling down with Cliff, Kyler, and Kime, I was like, hell yes. As a 49er fan, like, awesome. Give me that trio for the next five years, please. And it's it's already looking like it's going off the rails. Kime's been the general manager since 2013. I don't know if he's good at his job. He's probably not. <laughs> How do you that's not crazy. know if he's, he's good at so his job? Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like it's crazy he got an extension this late into his career when he's pretty clearly like not a difference maker. At the at, did they have a playoff way, win in his tenure? Oh, did I they? They won. In I think 15, they won. Right? They won one with Carson, right? Because they went yeah. to the NFC Championship okay. and then ended up losing to Carolina. But like so they had to think won about one. that. Yeah, <laughs> like the one Carson Palmer year. <laughs> Yeah, seven years ago a, they were good. When you got <laughs> when you got a former first overall pick for free, basically at the quarterback position. Yeah. Um. One last thing on the Rams Niners game, I just want to mention this because it is an interesting thing moving forward. They're using Skaronic as a fullback. The Rams are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What the hell is going on with that? So they're getting. They loves that dude. Yeah. So so the Rams are. Going out in 11 personnel, which is one tight end, one running back, three wide receivers, getting teams in nickel where they're taking out one of their linebackers, right, or one of their defensive tackles, depending on, you know, if it's a 3-4-4-3 defense. And they're lining up Skaronic as a fullback, which is creating a lot of problems for defenses right now, where they're like, oh, crap, we have to fit an extra gap. Now we can't play in the too high structure that everyone in the league wants to play in. It's really interesting. I mean, I think it kind of goes – to like the NFL trends of people saying like fullback is dead and like maybe fullback as like a position on a piece of paper is dead, but we're still using guys like this. Like a lot of times it's a tight end. Um, you know, Green Bay is using a guy like Alan Lazard, right? 
as like an insert guy. We've seen Tampa do it with Chris Godwin. Now we're seeing Skoranek be a legit fullback for the Rams. Like teams are going to keep valuing these these wide receivers who can kind of act like fullbacks or tight ends more and more. Right. So you mentioned Lazard. Lazard's like two twenty five, two thirty, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's he's a he's a good sized guy. Same with Skoranek. So for those of you who don't know, he's listed at two twenty four. Um, I don't know if he is that heavy, but I think it's just Sean McVay doing what he can to kind of stay ahead of the curve, right, and create mismatches because that's where he's the best at. Um, I w- it will be fascinating to see how teams adjust because eventually uh, they're going to start sitting on that. And like, like if there's one guy who will adjust to that, it is D'Amico Ryan. So that is an interesting angle to see how the 49ers elect to cover them. Uh, they have the linebackers to keep up with uh, Skronik in the backfield. So uh, we'll see how aggressive – uh, the 49ers are in relation to what McVay is trying to do. You talk about desperate teams. I don't know if there's anybody more desperate this week. I mean, Kyle Shanahan needs a win like you wouldn't believe because this season is is circling the drain right now, and he just cannot. They have to win this game, just like last year. I think it was week four or five, whatever it was, against the Rams. Like their season was on the line. Last year they were able to win. Jimmy Ward got his only two interceptions of the entire season in that game. That kind of set the Niners up. We'll see if they can do it again this year. But the ultimate champion of our gauntlet for this week is Buffalo and Baltimore. So congratulations to them. Gentlemen, I thank you very much. Please, everybody, rate, review, follow the SB Nation NFL show. We always say if you take the time to leave a review, we will read it on the show. Justice, don't put any more of your money on the NFL. Take a week off, and we'll talk to you next week, everybody. Everybody.